Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Welcome back, everyone, to the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. I know the coaches and everybody else that's in the Surge Strength Dry and Certification is doing well because they're almost through. We are almost going to have almost a hundred newly minted SSDCs here. I just dropped module seven, which is the second to last one. So in the group of about a hundred coaches we have right now, the fastest people, they're all the way caught up. We got some stragglers still kind of in the middle and then those that are still in the first couple of modules taking their time through it. But it's exciting that we are just a week or two away from this first kind of graduating class, if you will, and having a bunch of coaches be dry land certified. It's really cool. And for today's podcast, we got a couple different things going on. For Inside Academy, we're going to be talking about building a swimmer's body. So this actually comes from one of the first modules in the Surge Strength Dryland Certification Because what's the point, right? We want faster swimmers. Well, what are the key elements in building a swimmer's body? And then I talk a little bit about the ways to make sure that happens. There's obviously a lot more that's involved in the later modules where you see a lot of the pieces come together with that. And then with Dryland Talk, we have a longtime athlete join us that we've trained for a number of years, LaJoya Smith. And you've probably seen her on Instagram. We repost her a lot on uh, Instagram as well. She's continuing to train with us and build the best athletic body she can because that helps her become a better swimmer. We talk about how in her former life, she was a a track athlete and a really good one at that. But honestly, there were some big deficiencies athletically that she had that was holding her back as a swimmer. And so that's why it comes back to you need to look at your swimmers as really athletes first. If there is a big deficiency Athletic-wise, we're talking mobility, especially something around the shoulder or upper thoracic area. That's going to severely limit how good you can do as a coach in terms of changing their stroke technique or even their strength, power, or endurance in the water just because of the positions they're able to get in or the positions they're limited in. And then there's things like building that base layer of strength for the athlete as well and moving well, breathing well, all these things that tie in. So. If you're feeling frustrated as a coach, the athletes aren't making the change or they're not progressing, a lot of times it's really fundamental at the root of what kind of athlete are they? And a lot of swimmers, when they start off, especially they're not the best athletes. If they have a great dry land program, they become great athletes and then it turns into swimming really fast as well. So hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's jump in. Inside the Surge Strength Academy. Building a swimmer's body is the next topic I'll be covering. What's really the ideal swimmer body? There are some parameters that we want, but throughout the years, there's also been a lot of outliers. You think of on the shorter end, Kitajima there, and yes, breaststroke does play a role in that. You usually see the smaller swimmers a little bit more on the breaststroke or short axis side with butterfly. And then you also got the other guys like the Tom Dolans and the Tom Malchas of the world, the huge lengthy guys that are really skinny, that you know, almost seven feet tall going up and down the water, usually end up being the more distant swimmers, right? And sometimes you have everything 
in the middle. So we obviously can't do a lot about height, length, wingspan, stuff like that. But aside from weight control <laughs> in terms of like making sure you're fit, what we're going to focus on here is talking about what we can actually do and have a positive impact in the dryland program. So first I want to start off with what things do we want to make sure our dryland program is resulting in? And I think it's three key things that you can be able to observe, measure, and assess if you're doing it well. First one is having a high strength to mass ratio. So what that means is you're able to control your body weight as a swimmer and you're much stronger than that. So you think about exercises like rope pulls or pull-ups, things of that nature where you're having to master your body weight is a good indication. So obviously if you're doing like weighted pull-ups with more external weight added and you're able to do a few of those, you have much higher strength to mass uh, body weight to, to mass ratio as opposed to if you can't even do a single pull-up, right? And I know a lot of swimmers are still really good without doing a pull-up, but if you can get them to just being able to do a full, a couple full pull-ups, strict full form all the way up, that helps them tremendously in the water, not only in just the power immediately, but in their, able, their ability to last longer, especially at the back end of the race. Second thing, which I think everyone inherently knows, but it's more a matter of how do you do it effectively, is a strong core. And we're going to be diving into that more later on on what a specific program looks like but it's critical especially in the water with the buoyancy factor and having to connect from fingertips all the way down to toes and really that's what the best swimmers in the world do they're able to stay connected through that and the core is the central part of that if you are weak in the core or if you don't know how to engage your core so you may be able to do a thousand sit-ups but it's another thing to be able to engage it while you're moving your limbs that's really a limiting factor. And so having a strong core, being able to engage that as an athlete, that's really critical as well. The last one is being mobile. You know, how many swimmers can actually do that picture that we're showing right now? Probably not a lot. And so if they improve, that's going to help them. You especially think about the catch position and getting that high elbow, early vertical form. That takes mobility. It takes mobility to make sure that your lats aren't so tight that it's causing you to have poor posture when you're just floating in the water or going at full speed. So those three factors, having a high strength to, to mass ratio, having a strong core, and then also being mobile, I think are things that you should be always assessing in your dryland program. Are we moving in this direction? Do I see progress in there? Because that's really what's going to help be a successful swimmer body type. That's what we can control. We can control those things. Where does it go wrong? I think there are two big factors or two paths that you go down when you're not getting the results of a swimmer's body with the dryland program. The first is periodization. And it just is clear that you don't know what you're doing in terms of the sets, the reps, the weight, the volume, any of that. If you don't know, it ends up showing, especially a few months, a few years down the road. And all of a sudden you have this body that you didn't intend on for your athletes. You've set the program. But if your periodization isn't in check, if you're not understanding how to manipulate all the variables in the workout, you might end up with a different product than what you were trying for. So periodization is a big one. The other one, and it's kind of a subpart of periodization, is the ratios. And we'll get into that more later, but basically, you always want to have a one-to-one -one ratio at least of hinging movements and squatting movements, of pushing 
and pulling movements. Now, sometimes you can be a little off on those ratios and we'll get into those secrets a little bit more and maybe why you want to do that sometimes. But understanding periodization and then a part of that periodization is also the ratios. If you can avoid these mistakes and you feel confident in your periodization and in how you're using your ratios in your program, I think you're going to end up with a lot more swimmers bodies with your athletes than not. It's almost probably impossible at that point if you're following periodization and the ratios to have that. And that's the last point I want to make is that there's still this fear of, oh, if I even look at a weight, I'm going to blow up. Okay, There's a reason the supplement industry is probably a billion plus dollars is because guys want to gain weight for the most part. You know, there's women too, but mostly it's guys and they can't just do it by lifting. They need to intake a lot of protein, a lot of other supplements to be able to get this huge. Like this has to be your seminal focus. And put on top of that, the guys that are getting big like this, they're not going and swimming for two hours. They're not having that cardio in their daily life. And so that automatically kind of lessens the effect of hypertrophy training. But then again, it goes back to if you understand what you're doing with periodization, you really shouldn't be in a hypertrophy phase for that long, really. And if you are, you might end up with something a lot less than that because if you have your athletes swimming, there's no way they're going to look like that. But please try to get over the fear that just because we do dryland intensely or they're lifting very heavy weight does not mean that their athletes will get huge. Lifting heavy weight, again, does not correlate with being huge. It goes much more in line with what's the rep scheme, what's the set scheme, what's the volume, and what's the weight. It's not just one of those variables. It's all of those in the periodization. So we're going to get into that a lot more, but just try to, if you have that hesitation, get it out of your mind. You want your swimmers to work hard. You want them to get strong. You want them to lift heavy weight. And guess what? If you do it right, if you do it the way we're going to talk through it in surge strength, you will not end up with swimmers like this. You're going to end up with swimmers with swimmer bodies, and they're going to be fast in the water because they're better athletes. Dryland Talk. LaJoya, thanks for joining us on Dryland Talk today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. So you're one of the few clients that has actually had the experience of both training in person with us and training virtually. And that I can't remember how many years ago that was, maybe five, six think, years ago? How, yeah, how long I, think has it been was, I think it was six years because I started, I graduated in 2012. Oh, that's I right. contacted you then that summer. So like maybe 2013 is when we started kind of working together. Yeah. So you reached out and, and at the time um, I was on the West coast and we started training you virtually for a little bit. And then I moved back to Charlotte and you uh, came to Charlotte and we ended up training you in person for a couple of years. What was that experience like the the first year or two of training with us? Cause you were kind of in the middle of switching sports. Yeah. So I ran track in college. Um, I was a I did five years because I actually your eligibility, so why not? <laughs> um, but I decided that after running, I was like, I'm not done being an athlete, but I am done with running. Um, I always loved swimming. I swam all the way up through uh, elementary to high school, which is burnt out, took those years off. And the funny thing is, Chris, I was actually going to transfer out of um, my college to go to Westminster to swim because I did summer camp there all those oh. years, but I decided not to. Um, (laughs) just some things happen. Um, and so did my five years running. I'm very thankful for, but yeah, I switched sports, uh, 
since I graduated, went to swimming. I found Chris on like a USAMS blog post oh, yeah. or something. He was talking yeah, about we nutrition. Yeah, we were writing articles. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And I stalked him and I was like, there's no way he's going to respond. Responded. We talked for hours. It was great because I will say like, I talked to other people who were like, I was like, yeah, this is the goal I have for swimming. And they're like, yeah, but you haven't swum in college and I don't know what you're going to do. And the first thing that Chris said is like, I hear your passion and your dedication and this is going to be awesome. Let's do it. And I was like, okay, here we go. I remember, um, one, yeah. can I cut you off real fast? I remember, yeah. um, I didn't know if you were going to skip over this and I wanted to <laughs> touch it because I just, I still think it's funny this day where, I mean, you were switching sports, but you really thought of yourself as like, I'm a really good athlete. Like I'm really <laughs> strong. Like you, you had done well in track. And when we started online initially, we always have everybody go through uh, some assessment videos mm. where they do movements and stuff like that. And then also the, the strength stuff. Do you, do you want to touch on that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought I was a really good um, athlete. I mean, I was an All-American in track. So I was right. like, surely I'm a great <laughs> athlete. I'm so strong and fierce. I can do anything. You tell me. Yeah. When he had me do those assessments, I was like, Oh, I'm not this flexible. Oh, I can't. Oh, I, oh what? And I can't do a pull up almost like what? <laughs> so it was very like, I would say humbling. <laughs> well, and I think that's the other thing too, LaJoy, is like people don't realize sometimes, even if you think you're good, like not, not to disparage it at all, but like that's where working with a professional to be like, hey, do you, have you noticed this yet? And because you had success in the athlete, especially in a different sport, and then thinking of switching into to swimming, your mindset was probably in a little bit different places of, I'm, I'm sure in some things in track, it mattered more in terms of athleticism and stuff like that than swimming. And so for us to kind of pinpoint that and the light bulb go off for you to be like, oh, if I work on this, this is actually going to help. Yeah, no, that was, let's put it like this. I think if I was working with you during my track season, yeah. I would have probably been a lot better than what I was, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely an eye awakening um, working with Chris and like, and Chris didn't mention this, but when he lived on the West coast in Portland, I flew there for a couple of days to train with him in person. And that was oh, an yeah. awakening. The, tra that, the, the training yeah. camp. <laughs> yes. That was a true awakening that I knew that I'm an athlete, but I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Do you remember the first couple of exercises that really humbled you when we actually got in the gym? I think it was just the pull-ups for sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can so do this. And then I was like, no, maybe <laughs> well, I, I think I remember on your assessment video. I'm, I think I feel like I'm going from uh, maybe a little bit faulty memory on this, but I thought that you had done a couple of pull ups, but they were very much kipping pull ups or kind yep. of cheating, like yep. not all the way down pull ups. And then we get in the weight room like, no, 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 that, that's not a pull up. That's how I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like a like, little like climbing, like I had an imaginary <laughs> ladder. I was climbing to go up. <laughs> Um, I would say that was one of them. The other one was even when we did, we had PCV pipe of just getting into your squats and that flexibility. Oh, yeah. I think that was the biggest thing. Um, and then adding some weight on once you start doing like the trap bar and everything like that. Um, that was when I was like, Oh, surely I can do this. I can do bench press and like realizing like, yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, so you you survived. I think it was like a three-day training camp where we did doubles and lifting and all that. So for, tired. And, <laughs> and, and somehow that convinced you to then <laughs> relocate <laughs> to Charlotte to do that full time. What yeah. was that like the first three to six months? Do you remember how you developed specifically in the weight room? Yeah, um, I cried a lot. 
I was tired. Um, but in the same sense, like I really liked it. I really liked training with Chris, um, especially in person and everything. And just realizing like, again, like, wow, I'm an athlete, but I'm not the strong. And now we are rebuilding and building on a foundation that I had that probably wasn't as strong, but like, we're starting to build on that. And I start to see a lot of results, especially in the weight room. And like for a female and for a woman to see like how my body is just growing um, Mm -hmm. and getting stronger. And also I'm putting on a little bit more muscle. Um, if you guys don't know me, I'm like five, eight and I'm, I was basically a string bean cause I was a runner. Right. <laughs> and so with swimming, you get these shoulders and then I lifting on it. It's like muscle even more. And I liked it, but it wasn't bulky. Like every other swimmer, every girl's like, Oh, I don't want to bulk up. It was like, no, I'm getting strong. And it felt good. Um, it was very interesting cause I thought I knew how to lift. And remember when Chris was like, no, no, you, what? Just, just stop. <laughs> like let's do this technique is gonna help and so literally learning the techniques is what makes it i feel like mm. what makes you stronger what benefits you from doing the the correct way than thinking you're doing it the correct way. yeah because i mean i'm a real stickler for that on little details and mm-hmm. you know whether it was us working on your squat or even you know pull-ups making sure you're going all the way down on each rep and <laughs> and that's just the standard right yeah yeah so yeah you were yeah very strict details. And I think that that has rubbed off on me because even now that I train with you guys virtually, like I'm very strict. Like how do I place my hand on the bar? Am I going all the way down for pull-ups? And even in those three to six months of working with you, I complete felt like a BA, like a badass, <laughs> pardon my language, but I did because it's like, I can go, there's times where we would walk into the gym and there'd be other people training and you'd be like, okay, go, go max out on pull-ups. And I'd be like, if I do like, you know, 15 pull-ups in a row. Can I like be done or not do anything? And like, I didn't even think you make that bet Cause I didn't think you'd be like, Oh yeah, she can't do that. But you're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I got to prove myself. Here we go. And I could do that. I felt good about it. I think that was the biggest thing I felt like really proud is like, I know I can go on this pull-up bar and max out on these pull-ups and do awesome. Cause I'm strong and I'm built like this. And so that was, that was one of my like, yes. Okay. Great things. Well, and, and again, from where you came from, you know, yes, in your assessment view, you did a couple pull-ups, but they weren't, let's say, real pull-ups because you weren't going down all the way. So then when we changed that, you were at like one or two. So going from one or two, which frankly, a lot of swimmers are at, right? If they can even yeah. do any. Yeah. And then we got you to, to double digits. Do you remember the highest that we ever got you? I think I did 15, 15 or 16, because I had to do 30. Mm. And I hated oh, doing that's like, right. that's yeah. right. we had to do 30 and it was however many sets it took. Yeah. I hated right. doing like, Oh, let's do five here, five here. I was like, can I just do this in two sets? Like, how can I do this? At least, <laughs> at least do it like one big chunk and then two small ones. And yeah. I did it. And I was like, it felt good. It felt really good. <laughs> and, and like you said too, you, so, I mean, that's a huge strength gain, right? Mm-hmm. From going from one to two pull-ups to 15 plus and then we went into, you know, adding weight on the pull-ups and doing less reps, but you didn't bulk up huge, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, we added a little bit, but like you said, we were still able to see the performance improve in the water and keep the swimmer's body, so to speak, right? If anything, yeah. it probably helped you form into more of a swimmer's body. Yeah, I would definitely say that because coming from running, and I was a 400 meter runner and four by one, so we really didn't have to lift a lot of upper body. Um, and so I was more heavy dominant on my, my legs, my quads, mm-hmm. my calves. Um, 
And so, yeah, building up to that slimmer body, I already had like, I'm just really lanky period. That's just how I was blessed with. And so adding on the, the slimmer shoulders and the arms, it was just really building and it wasn't anything that's just like, whoa, she looks huge. It was like, whoa, she looks huge and strong. So it was good. What would you tell yourself if you could go back to in that first month or two when you're starting and you're maybe discouraged sometimes because it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I feel so weak sometimes because now I'm seeing the techniques I'm doing were wrong and, and I'm doing things. What, what would you go back and tell your former self? I would say that just have an open mind and have fun with it and knowing that this is like a foundation and that you're going to build into something that you can ever imagine. Um, I think that I should have gone back to that day when we first had that swim meet when I started crying. <laughs> well, we got to tell the full story now, right? <laughs> we got to set the stage a little bit more for it. So it was, the, it was my first USA Masters swim meet, national meet. Um, and Chris was like, oh, yeah, you can do butterfly. You're, you have the body type for it. We're going to make you into a flyer. And I'm like, yo, I hate fly, but whatever, I'll do it. Um, it was long course. It was my first long course meet since forever. <laughs> I did a hundred fly. And if you are a swimmer, obviously you guys are swimmers. So you guys know a hundred fly long course is like forever. Especially coming from a pure sprinter. I delve in and I was like, oh, this first 50, 25 is good. And then the second 25, I'm like, oh, and the third 25, I was like, dear Lord, please help me to hold on. And then that third 25, y'all, I look like I was drowning. Like I'm pretty sure lifeguard was like, should we go in after her? And I was just like, come on, LaJoy, you can just, I, I wasn't even moving. Like, I don't even know how I got to the end. I got out. I was the last person ever. People were like, oh, good job. And I'm like, oh, I do not want to be that person. When people are clapping saying, oh, good job. You did the effort. And I found Chris and I was so upset and I started bawling. I said, I cannot do this. Why did I think this is a good idea to have this big goal to do this mm -hmm. for swimming? And Chris's face was just like, he just looked at me. He's like, are you done? <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, wait, well, I was like, yes, I'm done. And he's like, are you done crying? I was like, yes. He's like, it's, he's like, just shake it off, LaJoya. He's like, now we know where we need to build. Okay. And I think at that point, you talked to my parents was at that moment. And I was so mad that I literally laced up my shoes and went on a two mile run. <laughs> in the on the campus and i was oh. so mad but um i would say to myself it's just like that was a good part of like hey it's gonna get better here we're gonna build and get stronger and so yeah yeah because that was really early on like i wouldn't even say we had gained much strength by that point but then especially in the butterfly that really helped you not die as much at the end of the races you're always going to be probably a front-end racer right mm, yeah. but at the same point getting stronger, being able to do 15 pull-ups, like that helps so much on the back end of something like 100 fly. Oh, yeah. So, so much. Um, I think, and I think it was like a great progression too of just like the 100, that first 100 fly was like, oof, that was scary. And then as the time got on, going on, I remember at our meet in Charlotte, um, it was like a USA meet and I swam that 100 fly and I got out and I was like, oh, wow. Like this is, this is actually kind of fun. Like I didn't die. It didn't look right. like the piano fell on my back. It yep. was great. And so like to see the progression and everything, that was actually really good as well. No, that's awesome. LaJoy, this is a great place to end it for a day. We're going to have to have you come back on and talk about when we went completely 
uh, virtual with your training. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Have you joined the Surge Strength Academy yet? It's now free to enroll in the Surge Strength Academy and raise your dryland IQ. Visit surge-strength.com to learn more and enroll today. That's surge-strength.com to enroll in the Surge Strength Academy. The goal of Surge Strength is simple. Build better athletes to generate faster swimmers.